Today, this podcast is being recorded on Awabakal and Waramai land. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of sluts and blood magic, where we work together to remove the taboo around sex, periods and ethical non-monogamy in order to have more fulfilling and pleasurable relationships and lives. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a dietitian, nutritionist, sexologist, menstrual cycle guide and menstrual blood witch. If you love the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review so we can reach and empower as many sluts as possible. Let's get into this week's episode. Before we get into the episode today, I'd love to tell you all about my latest free resource that you can get access to via the show notes of this episode. It's called a guided meditation for the premenstrual phase of your cycle. And it's basically for anyone who menstruates and has a womb. I created it to support you through what can be sometimes the trickiest phase of our menstrual cycle. So check that out in the show notes. It's completely free. It's just an audio that you can listen to as many times as you like. I hope you find it valuable. Feel free to share it with your friends and loved ones in your community. Hey babes, today on the podcast I just have a trigger warning first of all. We have some brief mentions of miscarriage and abortion throughout the first half of the episode and from 23 minutes and 10 seconds to pretty much the end of the podcast, um, I tell a story of consent violation by a medical practitioner so please don't listen to that part of the episode if this is triggering for you at this time. Welcome to part three of the fabulous series with Emily the Period RD. If you haven't gone back and listened to the previous two parts with her, make sure you do so if those episodes tickle your fancy. Today in the episode, we're talking about heavy periods and when or who to seek help from when these occur and what is normal. Early ovulation, can you get pregnant when you're bleeding? Ovulation and cycle tracking. And we also chat about consent violations by medical practitioners and how to avoid them, how to feel safe, and a personal story that I share on this topic. Let's get into the episode. Enjoy. So, we're going to chat about heavy periods now because I think this is something that, you know, we all cop every now and then and we fucking flip the. Fucking fuck mm-hmm. out. I had the most wrecked heavy period the other um, week, honestly. I was like, is this mm-hmm. a fucking miscarriage? <laughs> it, it probably wasn't, but um, it was. I'm going to have to put some trigger warnings on this episode. <laughs> Many trigger warnings. But um, it, it was just like, it was literally like I was soaking tampons. My cup was like, my I can usually leave mm-hmm. my cup in obviously for twelve hours and it won't you know overflow. Yeah. Um, it was filling up in like two three hours, mm-hmm. and it was quite like watery and then you know a bit cloddy. You know that when it kind of separates and you get yep. That and it, you just love it, right? I was like, what the fuck? What do you know much about that? The runny and then the cloddy, like when it kind of separates, like when you have oil and water. Yeah, so interestingly enough, the lining, the endometrium um, of the uterus does not all come off in a nice, uniform and consistent way. 
And it doesn't necessarily mean that there is anything hormonally um, indicated or implicated in those scenarios, but um, generally speaking, as the endometrium is being, you know, pushed off of the uterus, all those fun muscle contractions we live, um, it kind of mixes in, we get cells and tissue that mixes in with cervical fluid just to push stuff through. Sometimes the lining of the uterus comes off in sheets instead. And that's where we get some of those clumps that it's literally Mm. just like chunks in a way of cells that didn't dissolve and separate into fluid. They're just in bigger pieces. Um, And so that's why we can sometimes see those really, really big clots. Um, If a person is postpartum and they're having really big clots, we have a big, big concern for those Mm -hmm. uh, because that clot could be um, implicated in the way that the uterus is healing, where the placenta was attached. You know, you've got like this fucking dinner plate sized gap where a placenta was in the uterus. Like if we suddenly have a big clot that pops out of there, we're like, yikes, let's go in there and take a look and make sure that that's not hemorrhaging. Mm -hmm. Um, or for people with fibroids, you've got tissue that's turning over people with adenomyosis, endometriosis. We've got tissue that's turning over in a little bit bigger pieces potentially. Um, and so, um, in, in the average person without any of those conditions in place, Mm. um, it can be just a, the average kind of normal odds, your uterus decided it was going to release a bigger, it was going to do a big plot. It was going to just exactly. So the liquid (laughs) is basically, um, when you get that really like liquidy bit, that's basically just like it really dissolved down essentially. Yeah, exactly. And that's often why when we're doing fertility tracking methods, if someone's using those like um, basal Mm. body temperature, cervical fluid changes to identify fertile window, we often call the menstrual period unsafe days because we can't tell if it's fertile fluid or not because you've got fluid that's lubricating the Mm -hmm. cervix lubricating the vagina that's tinted with blood so we can't actually tell is it just blood or is it potentially that this person has ovulated really really early and -hmm. if they were to go ahead and enjoy some period sex that they are going to end up pregnant a little bit earlier than we intended or that we thought Mm. um so it it can be just yeah it's dissolved a little bit more so into fluid that's already present yeah so potentially while you're still bleeding then you could get pregnant could you could it would Mm. depend on when you ovulated because you are not fertile for your entire cycle you have an ovulatory window sometimes it's super early it might be a one-off, right? If you get an egg that got like super excited, it is also an overachiever. It's like, hello, here I am. Mm -hmm. Where are the flowers? Where are the suitors and the chocolates, please? (laughs) Uh, And then um, in most average cases, it's about halfway through. And for others, it's much later. And so periods get pushed as a result. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's entirely possible if that person has ovulated really early. Mm -hmm. And that's where if we're doing fertility tracking methods if suddenly we see this huge temperature spike we're like oh oh okay the if there's no fever and sleep was okay no alcohol no big changes in exercise etc yep. it's possible that that might have been ovulation and we want to mm-hmm. play it safe unless the person's like yes i would like to try for pregnancy we're like go for it if you feel comfy bestie fucking get it yeah <laughs> get the <laughs> dick <laughs> 
Fuck yeah. Thank you. That's actually really interesting because, um, yeah, I, I definitely need to get onto my – I'm terrible with taking my temperature in the morning. I've I'm gotten shocking. better at it for sure. I've gotten yeah. better at it. I keep it next to my phone. So because we, mm, that's really uh, we keep our room really dark. Um, so alarm clocks are a no-no for us. Uh, we like like pitch black in our room. Yes. Um, so I usually keep my phone face down on our on my bedside table and then my uh, thermometer's right next to it. So as soon as the alarm goes off, I'm like rolling over thermometers in the mouth as I'm like opening the app to track it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that makes it a lot easier for me. If I have like I didn't take my temperature this morning because I got like no sleep. So I'm like, this is not going to be useful information for me anyway. Um, so, you know, it, it can be a it can be a learning type of thing. If you have any sort of app that can send you regular reminders at like the same time every day, mm. that can be a really big help. I use Kindara. Um, okay, the free I version. Heard of that one. It's nice. I like it a lot. Mm, okay. um, and it gives me a, a daily reminder in the morning. So that That's really good. helps me stay on. <laughs> I use I use Read Your Body. And I don't know if that one does that. But yeah, I... Oh, another thing I was going to say was it's really important, obviously, to... Well, maybe not obviously for other people, but to be taking that temperature at the same time every morning as well, isn't it? Ideally. Like, yeah. Ideally, because you're going to get a more accurate result. I suppose. Exactly. We give it about a two hour window. I usually tell Mm. folks an hour earlier or an hour later, you can still usually get an average in Mm -hmm. that kind of range. But if like, I track it anyway, just so I don't lose the habit, but I make sure I mark it in my app. If I'm typically waking up at like five or six in the morning, and then on the weekend, I don't get up till nine or 10, that temperature is going to be completely inaccurate, because that's not the typical time I wake up, it's going to look really, really different. Um, and sometimes I get lucky and the temperature fits with whatever phase I'm kind of in. And I'm like, okay, dope. That's great. Um, but in, in general, ideally about the same time every day is, is kind of best practice. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Um, I've actually got this episode will be coming out before, but I actually interviewed, um, flow with your flow, Lindsay, Sarah, I don't know if you know, yeah, you know her. So I actually did, uh, we, the other week, last week, we recorded an episode on fam. So fertility awareness method. So for those of you who are not understanding what the fuck what we're talking about me and Emily you talking about right now you will in a few weeks just hold out okay it probably sounds like blah 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 blah. so many of us cop heavy periods what can be some of the causes of these heavy periods and why should we be paying attention to how much blood is coming out of our pussy each month? oh yeah absolutely heavy periods are typically related to fluctuations in the hormones that build the uterine lining so estrogen and progesterone Uh, When estrogen levels are high or high for a significant period of time, Uh, so some states like PCOS, fibroids, endometriosis, and even in situations of different thyroid diseases, more tissue is laid down in the uterus and so periods are heavier when they do start. We got more more tissue to move. Um, If progesterone levels are low, so whether that's related to poor production or ovulatory issues, we don't get the same stability of the uterine lining, which might mean our periods are going on for longer, they're heavier, or they're happening even more often. Uh, Because estrogen is kind of a growth and development hormone, progesterone is more of a relaxing and stabilizing hormone. Ideally, we want a bit of both and they alternate in terms of importance in a cycle. Um, Stress and illness 
can also contribute to heavy periods, particularly if ovulation is delayed. The body is still pumping out ovulation, or sorry, not ovulation, estrogen to get ovulation to occur, but it's not yet going. Um, so it's as a result growing the uterine lining and that luteal phase gets pushed further and further back. I would argue that just like any other normal bodily function, urinating, sleeping, pooping, blinking, swallowing, periods are an indicator of how the body's working for folks that do get periods. If we don't shit for three days, we go, hmm, what happens? What's, what's going on in my body? Um, mm -hmm. If our periods are getting longer and longer and they're getting heavier and heavier, we can go, okay, well, what's new in my life? You know, what's changed? Mm -hmm. Who can I talk to about this? Um, periods are kind of like a check engine light for the reproductive system when they start getting kind of wonky. It's normal to have occasion, like you said, to cop a heavy period. I'm a NYX ambassador, love it so, so much. And I'm obsessed with their products. Mm -hmm. um, but I have had a couple cycles in using them where I am using like the super leak proof undies. And I'm like, what in the actual fuck is going on in here? Why are you on like fill the whole damn thing. And then all along the sides, I'm like, hi. What the actual fuck? Why? 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 Where does it come from? Um, where? Where does this go? Where is it coming from? There's got to be another somewhere it's bleeding from. My God. Um, but if we're noticing that that's like the regular, like every yeah. period is getting heavier and heavier, it's not slowing down. Um, we, you know, we have that awareness of what our typical period patterns are like. Mm -hmm. And then we have an idea of when to see your mechanic or your gynae or your GP, if you feel comfortable doing repro healthcare with your GP. Exactly. And that's why it's so fucking important that we track our cycle. Even if you've just oh, got yeah. a written journal and, you know, I do recommend using an app as well, because you, then you can, you know, yeah. obviously track Absolutely. your temperature and all of that stuff if you're doing that. But, and I haven't met yeah. anybody who do, who who tracks their cycle and doesn't appreciate being able to anticipate when a period's going to start again. Like I cannot yeah. remember. I, I can't understand. I have why. friends. I have friends right? who just are like, oh, I'm like, when did you, because I talked to them because they know I talk about periods a lot. So yeah. they ask me questions and they're like, oh, um, I don't know when my last period was. Um, I'm like, Huh? You're How like, do you uh, live like this? Have you have you <laughs> seen me like about this? That? Right? Well, because I think of like being a you know a pubescent child mm. and period starting and just kind of like guessing and how yeah. fucking terrifying that is. You know, you're going to school uh, every day and you're unprepared. And I don't know about you, when I, I was like I did twelve. Yeah. There were no period products in the schools. I grew up mm -hmm. in like the Catholic school system. So we Same. definitely weren't talking about. No oh, apps either. There didn't no have been any apps. No. There were no apps. We didn't talk about sex, honestly, at all, unless it was to tell us don't have sex because you'll go to yeah. hell. And there were definitely only. no period. Exactly. No, <laughs> no. period products. No yeah. pads, no tampons, nothing. That's actually fucked. I've never thought about that in the toilets. Right? There was never any. They added them in, I think, when I was in grade seven or eight. So it was very much near the end um, of mm -hmm. me being there. But for the entire yeah. time, like mm. nothing. And even for like a parent that comes in to pick up their four-year-old or mm. whatever, five-year-old. Mm. And it's like, very oh, true. The and the staff, right? Do the staff. Right? It, no, I, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So I wish that was something... And I'll plug it at the end as well, because uh -huh. I know that was a question you had. Um, having a resource with their, where we can teach young folks how to track their cycles. And for 
older folks who have periods who aren't tracking them and are happy, healthy sexual beings. I mean, if you're ready to be a parent, go for it. But if you're not ready to be a parent and you're not on any sort of birth control option. But even if you're on birth control, there's still a chance. There's exactly. always that. There's always that slight percentage. Besties, besties, that's a really good way to end up with a like 18 plus year long investment. Uh, and yeah. Uh, or a traumatic experience like an abortion, exactly. which we do not want for you. <laughs> exactly. We, we want you, if you're going to choose abortion, we want you to be confident that that is the best choice for you mm-hmm. and that that aligns with what you need and you get to have a, a good experience in going through that system. But we do not want it to be traumatic in any sense of the word. So besties, besties, please, if you are listening to this, write it down in your planner. Just put a little dot of when your periods were so you can count the days in between them. Please do this one thing for me. Just literally get a tracker and stick it on your wall at the end of my period self-care guide, which I created. There's literally a tracker. You just print it off, you stick it on your wall, and then you just mark the days when you bleed. And then you can just be like, okay, I know roughly when my next period is coming. I can prepare my social life. I know what foods are going to best nourish me. I know, you know, to to prepare food, like to have meals in the freezer. I know when blood's going to be pissing out of my pussy so I can have tampons in my bag or like period undies on, whatever, so I don't get a fucking leak while I'm sitting in the conference room. (laughs) Right? Oh, God. I can't live on the edge like that. That is literally like an adrenaline rush. They're just like, when's it coming? When's it coming? Like sitting in their fucking meeting with like all their like me- all these men and they're just like, oh, it might come any minute, huh? And they're just like, oh man. Although it would be so funny. Just this is me and the dark humor type of piece. Yeah. All the horror content that I read on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be so, so funny to be if you're if if you're a person who wants to wear white pants when you're anticipating a period and you're like a <laughs> you're like a boss business babe. And you're presenting in front of all of your, um, <laughs> all all of your your colleagues, and it happens, and you bleed through your white pants. Please, dear God, pretend it's a virus, please. <laughs> oh my God, no bill in account. <laughs> and just it's see the how start much of the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> right? It's like Resident yeah. Evil, except you have blood. to like milk it. You can't Do it. be in that situation and not milk that. Are you fucking kidding? Oh, like, take God. It. it would just be so funny to watch all these, like, finance bros, like, pull their own hair out. Like, oh, mm. I'm going to bleed out of my penis. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> also, like, I'm kind of, like, slay to, like, those people who are just, like, living on the edge like that. And maybe they just don't give a fuck. Maybe they're just like, yeah, if I fucking bleed on my white pants, whatever. Go for it, right? That Go is probably it, a very small percentage of the population. But... <laughs> Slay. Exactly. Slay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or is there anything else you want to add on heavy periods before we move Um, on? I would just say that, you know, having a heavy period here and there sucks. It does suck. It might not Mm. be forever. Do Mm. your do your best self-care. Keep your keep your gear. Yeah, so go and see your was it GP that you suggested and gynecologist? If you feel if you feel comfortable seeing your GP um for reproductive health care. Um, or if you've got a gynae, go for it, go see them. If you're noticing that the, the heaviness just don't stop, it's every single cycle and the periods are longer and longer, um, advocate for yourself. Yes. Um, Always bring in any tracking that you have, Mm -hmm. um, push, push, push for better care. Mm 
mm-hmm. um, because you literally never know. Bullshit um, that we, we have to do that, but you fucking do. <laughs> exactly. It's nonsense that we have to do it. Mm. It works in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if, you know, because obviously some people have like GPs who are maybe cis men or um, maybe they don't have the financial resources to see a gynecologist. Also, I haven't had the best experiences with some gynies, to be honest. So I have never seen a gyne. Oh, honey, I had one. I've been so lucky. My family doctors have always been female or if my Uh, family doctor is unavailable, I've seen a female nurse practitioner. So that Mm. has always made me feel comfortable. That's great. Yeah, I had. Okay, so here's a quick story before. Hold on. Two things. The first thing is (laughs) what I was going to say is go to your local sexual health clinic because the doctors there are usually really good and really knowledgeable. They literally specialize in reproductive health and Mm -hmm. they're going to know what's up. I've also had dodgy experiences sometimes with some of those things, a bit of gaslighting, you know, shop around. If you feel like you're being gaslit and Mm -hmm. you're being fed shit, go somewhere else. Or find a new GP that you can actually see for that stuff. I know it's a pain Mm. in the ass, but unfortunately for people with uteruses, it is how it be, isn't it? Yeah. So my experience with the – sorry, go. I got excited. I was going to say, I did not ask to be assigned female at birth, but here's (laughs) what I fucking got, I guess. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) So, okay, my experience with the gynecologist really fucked up, and I want to talk about this, and I will put a trigger warning at the start of this episode, but – um. And let me know if this is triggering for you and I can stop Emily. But, um, yeah, she honestly, it was, it was, it felt like a sexual violation for me. Is that okay if I talk about that? Yep. yep. I actually think I had heard about this on, on I think I listened to the story on your, yep. Yeah. Yep. So but I'm going to tell, tell it, it because I want yep. people to report these gynecologists. I haven't had the capacity to do that yet, but I'm going to. Um, mm-hmm. She's actually a well-renowned gynecologist in this area my doctor actually really likes her my doctor's a fucking legend she's a woman and she she's like yeah she's great and I'm like "Mm." (laughs) I'm actually going to tell her about what happened but um anyway I went in and it was for um I get uh I've basically got chronic thrush essentially Mm. um that I've had been battling with for many many years and I went in there to get a gynecologist opinion because I hadn't done that yet. And I, I knew it was probably going to be a waste of money, but I was like, fuck it, whatever. So she had a chat to me for about maybe like, it was a very quick five minutes. You know how specialist appointments, they're just trying to. Oh yeah. They make you wait in the waiting room for like 30 minutes and then you see them. She was delivering a fucking baby when my appointment was was supposed to happen. They're like, sorry, she's in the delivery room right now. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) You're like, oh, you couldn't have got somebody to cover? Yeah, wait. Um, My pussy itchy. Anyway, so she takes me in. She lays me on the table. And I'm like, okay, she's going to talk me through the procedure. She's Because it's the first time I've ever seen her, by the way. We've known each other for five minutes. And I'm laying on the table, fucking skirt up to my fucking tits. And she just fucking shoves the speculum inside me. No consent. No... She she did say, I'm going to examine you, but that was before we went into the room. She didn't explain what she was examining. What are you examining? Really? And then obviously I knew she was looking for inflammation and that kind of thing. And she all she said was, you know, yep, inflammation from the chronic thrush. I'm going to give you a cream. And I walked out of there like in an emotional flashback because I have complex PTSD and I'm a sexual assault victim survivor. So I was like, 
do you realize what you've just done? (laughs) I could have gone and killed myself after this. You could have triggered me into a really bad flashback. And she did. Um, and so, yeah, I haven't got around to reporting yet, but I paid Mm -hmm. what, 200 bucks for that appointment or some shit for her to just give me a cream that had, um, oh, you know, that thrush one is, I've got it in here. What's the fucking name? The cream that you shove up there when you have thrush. I'm really bad at pronouncing words. (laughs) Clotrimazole. Let's just go with that. Yep. Um, yeah. And the one with um a steroid in it. So it's a mixture. Wow. It's it's hydrazole yeah. is the name of the cream. And it's a bit gentler because I've tried a steroid cream before and that was too much for me. Yeah. And it's actually, it's been helpful, obviously, not as a preventative, but as treating it. Yeah, well, it I, guess, kind of uh, I guess it prevents the inflammation. But anyway, so that's a tangent. But if you're ever in that position, obviously, when it's happening, you might freeze like I did, mm-hmm. right? I did. You, mm-hmm. Your brain's slow when you're traumatized and you're in a trauma response your brain sometimes literally stops so you can't actually act and don't beat yourself up and you need to walk out of there make sure you go and talk to someone about it talk to your therapist whatever and then you need to report that motherfucker because just because they are a specialist and they are licensed to shove things up your hoo-ha does not mean (laughs) that they can just shove it up there whenever they want they and can have just willy nilly in there. Yeah, I no, always argue with folks, right? Exactly. I argue with other providers that a person showing up in your office is consent to access care, not consent to receive care. I love that. Um, yeah, that when someone shows up for uh, a pap or a you know pelvic exam, um, they're there to you know access that service. But if you don't ask them is it okay? Okay, here's kind of what I would like to do. Here's what I'm going to be looking at. Is that okay with you? If they haven't said yes, please, like, open me up, take a little look, look a loo. Um, mm-hmm. That's not consent. And so what I often encourage folks to do where it's accessible to them, where they have the capacity to do so, if you yeah. can bring a support person to appointments that's mm-hmm. in there with you, so that you can, you know, if you've got kind of a, a safe word or a cue or something that if you freeze, you can be able to, you know, communicate yeah, that. Kind of look at them, person. give them a side eye. Exactly. Yeah. That it's the, this needs to stop. We need to back things up. Um, and even as well, if you have a provider that's like, all right, up off on the table, you know, skirt up uh, to your tits as you so beautifully put it. I love that so much. <laughs> uh, that we can get up on the table and go, okay, hold on a second before I just, you know, show it all off for free, by the way. Yeah. The um, what are we doing? What are you going to be looking at? Can I ask you some questions in advance? And if a provider's like, LOL, no, you're like, okay, well then I will come back when you answer my questions. Mm. Have a nice fucking day. I'm going to go somewhere um, else. I <laughs> will. Can't, yeah. Get, get out of my space. If you're mm-hmm. not going to answer my questions around what we're doing or, if, you know, maybe I have a new symptom that is related to the thing I'm here for. And I just want mm. you to be aware of. Yes. It care is a conversation. Um, Assertive communication is so important in those appointments. And it's, you got to practice that shit. Exactly. And you know what? Sometimes it borders on rude and I do not even care because Mm. the way I frame it is that like you, you paid for that appointment. That doctor works for you. You pay them to do a job for you. Like you were saying earlier with the trans staff. Yeah. You work with them for them for them it's not for you bitch it's not for you yeah I'm not I'm not coming into your office and paying you to see your bits there are much (laughs) 
funner places to go yeah. with better lights and better food mm-hmm. <laughs> to go see those type <laughs> of shows. I could stay in my own home and I could watch that shit for free in some places. I can buy a membership and watch it on demand. I'm not coming to you for yeah. that. So when I come in and I pay for a service, I want the service that I'm looking for. And it's a conversation. If I cannot access the care or receive the care I'm looking for, it's that provider's responsibility to to help me find it somewhere else. Exactly. And if they're not, you know, actively listening to you either, if they just keep, you know, my, my current neurologist, I'm actually leaving him and moving to someone else because he's been a bit of a dick recently. He, again, a specialist, a rich fucking wealthy ass specialist who Mm -hmm. thinks he can just pump through clients and make money, money, money. Um, he just fucking talks. I think he might have ADHD to be fair. He, you know, Ah. talks over me a lot, but and I, I get that, but I have ADHD cunt and I'm self-aware and I don't fucking talk over you. So, you know, okay. like he just keeps talking over me and I'm like, I'm paying you to be here. I have 15 mm-hmm. minutes with you and I'm paying $180 cunt. <laughs> and I'm only getting 80 of that back. Can you please shut up and listen to me? Yeah, I'm literally. Not well. <laughs> yeah, li- like, come on, man. Like, I'm not here because it's for fun. I'm here because I fucking need something. Yeah. And he'll just like rattle off all these random stories about other clients or random things and he he rambles on and I'm like, you need to rein it in, dude. You need to Does like he get happen, your shit if together. he happens BTW, if he happens to drop super specific details or client names, you can also report him for breach of confidentiality. Oh, I wish he did that almost. Ah! And I'd have something solid against him. Damn it. But he <laughs> no, nah, he just he and I understand practitioners sometimes use that as an example to explain something. They'd be like, you know, that and that's okay because you're not mm-hmm. disclosing who it is. You're saying, I've had a client who this has happened to, they've had this side effect from this medication, blah, blah, blah. I get that. Mm-hmm. But when you're rambling on irrelevant shit, stop it. Yeah, stop, stop it. No. <laughs> I, I love how we just ranted about that for like a solid 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, no, that's an important conversation. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Blood Slut. We will see you next week for part four in the series with Emily the Period RD. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to this podcast. See you next week. Bye. One last thing before I go. I am relaunching my online program, Blood Magic, in a few weeks. And I'm just kind of planting the seed for some of you. I'm going to be chatting about it a little bit on the podcast throughout the next few weeks. But if you're curious about the realm of blood magic and menstrual blood manifestation, connecting with your menstrual blood, womb healing, all that jazz, uh, anything menstrual cycle related really... If you're intrigued, I encourage you to go back to what I think is episode five of this podcast. It's called Where to Begin on Your Womb Healing Journey. Give that episode a listen. It runs through basically all of the steps that you need to move towards living cyclically in a harmonious way. And it also runs through the blood magic curriculum. So you can actually get an idea of what I teach in the program. And I'm also offering an exciting new bonus this year with the launch of Blood Magic. Um, It was an online course last year and it has transitioned into a program where you will have 
four modules and then an introductory module as well as a bonus bits module. So there's six modules technically total. And there will also be monthly group coaching sessions with all students who are enrolled in the program and will all come together um, on Zoom once a month. And there will also be... Um, supportive telegram group where we will all be connecting so you'll be really supported both you know live and also through the telegram group chat so yeah if you're interested um check out that podcast episode scroll through my instagram feed um you can send me an email you can send me a dm on instagram if you have any questions about the program and i will chat to you more about it next week